This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Hey, Uncle Brad here. Just a heads up before you listen to today's episode. This is the first time Jules and I have ever been able to record while sitting in the same room together. So just wanted to let you know that as you listen to today's episode, and although the wonderful engineers at Red Rock did a wonderful job making the sound quality on this episode sound fantastic, as they always do, there's a few moments where you just might hear a little feedback. All we ask is that you bear with us. It was a lot of fun that we had. So we hope you listen. And thanks for listening. Hi, Brad. Hey, Jules. This is kind of fun. I know, I can see you. <laughs> I can see you too. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever done a live podcast together. Right, in the same room, for right? sure. I know, this is weird. People always thought, or tend to think, I should say, not always have. But when we first started doing this, people were like, oh, are you guys in the same room? And like, no, nah, she's no. in San Diego. I'm in Minneapolis. I know, I know. But we're together for a really important reason. I mean, are we talking about all the reasons, like the trip that's coming up and everything? Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who've never heard of it, there's a thing called the Baja 1000. Yes. And it is a big, big race that happens down in the Baja, Mexico. And it happens every other year in this small town called San Juanico. And Brad, we're going. Yep. Even though our, our recipe today, we're doing a new spirit that we haven't touched upon before. I do know, I'm foreshadowing, I can see into the future, there is going to be a lot of tequila this upcoming week. We'll have a lot to talk about on the next episode. But today, we're not talking about tequila. We're talking about a brand new spirit, Brad. And I have to be honest with you, I don't use this spirit often. Applejack. Yeah. This is as American as it gets. Applejack is a spirit that we actually drank here in the United States before whiskey. And if you're thinking, well, is it like apple brandy? The answer to that question is absolutely yes, it is. There are some nuances between this and apple brandy. And what we're going to do today is I came up with, now the concept of the old fashioned is not something I came up with, but I did invent my own drink not that long ago using, Whoa. I know, I know, I'm telling you, I'm taking a page out of the Jules wow. book here. Wow, I'm impressed. I know, yeah. So I, uh, I made my own cocktail up using Applejack, uh-huh. All Spice Dram by St. Elizabeth. Okay, yep, I have it here, yep. Uh-huh. And then my friends at Dashfire have Mission Fig Bitters that I put in there. But I also will use orange bitters in this case because that's what we have in front of us today. Oh, God, try it with the Mission Fig Bitters. Look out. And then you can use a simple syrup made with cinnamon. I've made it with simple syrups with ginger. And in this case, we're doing simple syrup that is cinnamon and honey. Cinnamon and honey. Which is something you made. So, yeah, really excited. Yeah. So, for those listening, this is our first time together in person. Brad's sitting across from me right now because I'm sitting at the quote-unquote bar because we're going to switch it up this time. So what we're going to do is I'm going to make the cocktails and we're going to sip them after, but I'm making, Brad, I'm making yours. Yeah. And I'm making mine. So part two of this whole episode, you're going to want to check out on the YouTube because we're going to make them live in person yeah. and we'll be able to try them both. I'm yep. slightly nervous. I hope you like mine. Of course I will. Well, you know, you never know. Yeah. 
I mean, you haven't tried them in person before. True, but I have remade your recipes right. and they're always, always great. So I still get nervous. Don't get nervous. Can't be nervous when you're a pro like you. Hey, now. So, all right. So we are going to obviously talk about how to make it. We're going to go into the history of Applejack, uh-huh. which is really interesting. And then yeah. what's our tip today? Do we have a tip? You know, our tip, I think, should be, since we're getting into this season, I really wanted to talk about how to make homemade apple cider because for ooh, my recipe, ooh, 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 yeah, I mean- That is relevant. Right. And my recipe is using apple cider. And no, I know a lot of people are thinking, is it the spiked apple cider? No, there's no alcohol, though you could add it. This is just homemade apple cider. And I feel like a lot of people, for convenience, and I get it, buy apple cider, but it's really easy to make it at home. So I kind of want to talk about how to make it. And by the way, I know William Sonoma has a great simmer pot recipe, but this is a two-in-one. You get homemade apple cider and your house smells fantastic. Wow. Uh, so that's our tip. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's let her rip. I know. I'm slightly nervous to make these cocktails, so let's make them so that I can drink them. All right. Hey, uh, Brad, I think we're recording audio now, huh? Yeah, yeah. That was fun to record this and then realize we weren't recording audio. Yeah. So for those of you listening, we recorded this segment already, which means we've already had a cocktail in us, (laughs) (laughs) which means we're going to take this again, but with audio because before both of our mics were (laughs) muted. Um, So that being said, I think we can both attest that both cocktails are fantastic and we're now excited to share them with you. Now you get to learn. Now, now it's your turn. Uh, But the fun part of today's episode is we are together. So I think I mentioned this, maybe now I'm forgetting in the beginning, but I'm making them. So I'm making both recipes right here, right now. And Yeah, I'm going to walk you through it. They're good. They are good. They're good. Okay, so Brad's walking me through it step by step. We're going to do it together. I have my mixing glass filled with ice. My bar spoon's ready to go. Let's add some ingredients. Everything's ready. All right, cool. All right. Well, we had a dry run already, so here we go. Now it's going dry. (laughs) This is my fall old-fashioned. I would like to give it a name. My buddy Paul Sufal said, hey, you should name a drink the Big Snort. I don't know if that rolls off the tongue, but... If we want to call it the big snort, we can, but let's just call it the fall old fashioned for now. And we are using Applejack, obviously. So, mm-hmm. Jules, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. you have in your hand Laird's Apple Jack. I do. Brandy, right? Like I that's do. A, it's bottled in bond. Bottled in bond, so aged a, five years. Five year aged, 100 proof. By the way, Laird's did not sponsor, sponsor us, this. Sadly, but Nobody if you wanted has. to. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, everything we're telling you here is, is yeah. literally straight from the heart. So, we, not that we wouldn't be straight from the heart. So here we go. You're going to do two ounces, yeah, Jules, yeah, 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 of that apple jack. Which I believe is a full side of this jigger. Yeah, all the way up to the top there. All the way to the top. Ooh, no, you're not well. quite at the top. Really? Yeah, no. Right, you got to well. go to the top. Boom. All right. Two ounces. Okay. Lovely. Now, you're going to do a quarter ounce of St. Elizabeth's all-spice Ooh, yeah, yeah. dram. Love mm-hmm. the flavor of this allspice. I mean, this just screams fall baking flavors. Yeah. I will say this is a bottle you can invest in, and hopefully I'm not wrong. A little goes a long way. It, a little goes a long way. But I. this is from last year. Oh, yeah. So you're not going to use it 
Maybe you are. Maybe there are select cocktails you're going to use it in the summer. But this really and truly is one you don't need a lot. So if you buy a bottle, it'll last you because you're going to want to use this in the holiday season. You really can use this in a lot of different things. Yeah. I mean, put this in whiskey sour. Totally. Come on. Yeah. No, this is this is a great little additive to a lot of different cocktails. All right. What am I doing? I know. Quarter ounce. Much. Yeah. Okay. And Brad, well, actually, I'll wait till we get to this to the syrup part. So okay. quarter ounce. Quarter ounce. All right. Now. Uh, we're going to do a quarter ounce of simple syrup. Okay. And the reason I'm only doing a quarter ounce here is because uh, we've already got some sweetness with the allspice yes. ram. You don't think sweet, but it is. There's there's some sweet there. It is a liqueur. So we're going a quarter ounce of simple syrup. But in this case, we're doing simple syrups with cinnamon and honey because those flavors complement the spices so well. Oh, yeah. As well as the apple flavor and the apple jack. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to use a ginger simple syrup, you could. If you wanted to use a just plain cinnamon simple syrup, you could. Honey, like just think of flavors that would complement the allspice and the apple. So we've done the simple syrup. Let's move on to the bitters. Bitters. Okay. In this case, I'm using orange bitters or Jules, you're using orange bitters. two snorts? Two dashes. Yeah. (laughs) Two dashes of that. When I make it at home, I've made it with dash fires, mission fig and fennel bitters. Well, I mean, come on. That was so good. Come on. Yeah. Those, that's going into what you were saying about the syrup that you're using. You add a different version of bitters, like the one you're just noting that I, I'm mad at you that we don't have. I'm actually I'm holding it in. Yeah. But that's another great place you can change flavor or enhance the flavor or really bring in flavors you like is with the bitters. Yep. Yeah. And so as we were just talking, like think about this drink, like a bunch of different dials. You got four dials. You've got your spirit dial. You've got your kind of additive here, the St. Elizabeth's allspice, and then you've got your simple syrup, and then you've got your bitters. All those dials you can twist and turn. So if you want to change flavor profiles a little bit, totally go for it. Honestly, you know, you, that's you why old fashioned's great. Yep. I love it. And I love anybody who's getting into making cocktails at home. As much as at the beginning of this podcast, I said, I did. I, I can't believe I said this. Old fashions are overrated. They're not. They're, so you said at the beginning, of, like when we very like first started, one. yeah, episode one. Like episode one. one. Yeah. Um, I've really come to terms with, <laughs> with that. I've forgiven myself. But truly, if you're starting out making cocktails, an old-fashioned is such a great one because you can really manipulate flavors from the spirit you're using, the sugars you're using, the bitter. It's just a perfect learning cocktail of the flavors you like. But Brad, while you were talking, I gave it a good stir. I grabbed oh, my stirred it in your mixing glass. Rocks Thank glass. You. Yeah, look at that with beautiful a rocks glass with a nice big square cube in oh, there. Yeah, actually. Got your Hawthorne strainer on top of your mixing glass. And now we're going to pour it over the cube ever so nicely. Hey. Looks so good. And you stirred that for about 20 seconds. I did. Yep. All right. And then we're going to garnish. Oh, look at that. All right. Awesome. So put that orange wheel on there and bingo, you've got a cocktail that looks good and you got a cocktail that tastes good. I'm getting You got like edibles in that little bag? I know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very particular about my garnishes. Garnish? Yeah. Don't you have a dehydrator? I do. So I recently shot my cocktail book Ah. and we needed a bunch of these. So I have a bunch left over and I'm like, ah, might as well use them. Which by the way, if you're wondering, oh my God, I don't want to dehydrate myself. This is called the cocktail garnish. I'm pretty sure you could Google it and they sell them online. All right, I'm going to give a little taster. I yeah. Know it tastes good. Yeah, we've already already tasted, but and still. Still. And this actually might be my favorite. Yeah. 
Delicious. Of all the ones I've made. I don't really? know why. Maybe it's because I added in that little last yeah. splash. And- yeah. And they taste better the, mm. the more you. Mm. So that's called science. Science. Brad, do you want, do you want to try it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, all right. okay. yeah, it's really good. I'm going to need that back. Okay. So, yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. You sip it for now, but then I'm going to. Don't worry. It's okay. We're family. Um, okay. So we're going to make mine, which is keeping it old fashioned by making a classic recipe that isn't so classic because we're riffing on it, but we're making a martini. So we are going to do an Applejack martini. So to make this cocktail, we're shaking it, unlike Brad, where we were mixing it in a mixing glass. So we have our shaker here. We're going to add in about an ounce and a half of our apple brandy. Bottle's gonna work out today, man. Then we're going to add in about an ounce of homemade apple cider. We'll get to that later. Now we're going to add in about a half ounce of our cinnamon honey syrup. Now I will say this is a little fancy. It has not only cinnamon and honey, but it also has a little rosemary, vanilla extract. It's really good. So my point in saying that is I like to have a cinnamon base syrup, but if you have a cinnamon base syrup that has other flavors, say you have a cinnamon rosemary, that works too. I just think a fall-flavored syrup works really well here. So, half ounce. Now, here's—I've <laughs> made this cocktail before, and I like tart, which is why I went with three-quarters of an ounce lemon juice. Mm-hmm. I think it's really on the tart side. Not that that's a bad thing, but I do feel like we could almost scale it back. So, this version, I'm going to scale it back to a half ounce— where originally I had it three quarters. Yeah, so when we recorded, when we didn't record, right? it was three quarters. And I thought that was good. It was good, but it was tart. So my wife, Amy, she loves things on the tart side. Yeah. And that, that would be right up her alley. Right. So make it that way if you like, if you're not scared of citrus flavoring or the tartness, I guess you would say. Yeah. But I want to scale it back to a half ounce because I know some people are like, yeah, it's a little bit too puckery for me. So we're going to go with a half ounce. And Brad, like you were saying, it balances with the sugar. Again, these are like dials, right? You can dial up the tart. You can dial up the sweet. I don't like to go over three-quarter ounce of sweet or tart when you've got something like this, kind of like in the sour-style cocktail. All right. Last thing, aromatic bitters, about two dashes and a half. Two dashes and a half. Two dashes is what we call for. Two and a half came out. Two snorts. Snorts different. It's just different. Yeah. <laughs> nice shake, good form on the shake. I like how you kind of go. Oh, I like multitasking while the okay. shaking. Oh, not so much multitasking anymore. Oh, there we go. We're back to shaking and multitasking. Up, oh, stop. There we go. All right. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Look at that. Yeah, nice you can frosting see, glass. Yeah, and frosted glass, frosted shaker. Yeah. That's what you want. Too cold to hold. Oh yeah. There we go. Bingo. Broke the seal. All right. Get your Hawthorne strainer out. Now you double strain it. You're double straining. We are going to double strain. We used fresh lemon juice and we shook with ice. So there's going to be ice shards that we, I personally, I know some people like it. I don't like ice shards in my drinks. I personally think it's lazy. Like when I get served a cocktail. It's a meal. We just talked to Neil. I know. I know. And I, I, you know, it's my total personal opinion. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, I'm with you on that. While you're straining that, I'll talk about this because I go back and forth on it. I love the ice shards in like a Manhattan. Like I love a, a Manhattan that's got a little little character on top. Really? 
I do. I do. I used to love it in my martini. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't anymore. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth. It's really your call. The thing is, is that when you get the ice shards in there, it continues to dilute the drink. Right. When we talked to Neil last week, and by the way, if you didn't listen to the Cosmopolitan recipe episode, definitely go back and listen to that. It's fascinating. But Neil likes his little ice crystals. He likes the way that looks on yeah. top of the drink. And I, and I can get that for the the dilution. Like, that makes sense. All right. Garnish. Boom. Not perfect, but it'll do. All right. Here we go. Taste test. Oh, see, for me. See, you're happy with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I got to try it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 That's it. Oh. That's it for me. Yeah. That actually, that is. Mm-hmm. That's a. I'm not going to say a different drink. It is, though. It It was too tart. It was not in a bad way. It wasn't too tart. It just was tart. This is just a step down from that, but it's two very different drinks now. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. So try this at home, right? Make it with three-quarter ounce lemon juice and then make it with a half ounce lemon juice. But also the lemon juice sat for a little bit, too, and it kind of, it starts to mellow. Right. And I also think, and this is something you want to play with. It's like staying with me. It like calls me back. Wow, good job. And I think the other thing to note is I'm using homemade apple cider. A lot of times you'll get apple cider from the store, which I get it, ease, convenience. There's a lot of sugar added to that. So just make note, if you make this, I'm not forcing anything on you, but understand the ingredients you're using, especially when it comes to apple cider, because if it does have added sugars, you might want to scale back on the syrup you're using. It'll change. So it's still like, it's just with me. Like right? it's like a friend, it's like an old friend. Ooh. Yeah. Well, let's get into the history on this stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you think, huh? Let's do it. Cool. I'm ready. Cocktail ready. Cocktail ready. Here we go. All right. I have two cocktails in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days, isn't it? One of those days. It's a Friday. It's Friday when we're recording this. So Brad, you got to hit me with some history. I'll hit you with some history. All right. So let's talk about the history of Applejack. Yes. Because I find it actually to be really interesting. Is so, there a long history? Yeah, it, it goes back actually, depending upon how you look at it. But let me set some context first, okay? Yeah. So we have talked before about how water wasn't exactly always safe to drink, right? Way back when. Yeah, and nor is the tap water here, Brad. Okay, well, I don't think San Diego water tastes that bad. Gotta have filtered water. I mean, look, water up in Minnesota, that's good. It's probably good. Oh, it's really good. The stuff we're on, Jordan Aqua. So you're starting the story. I can relate, okay? Gotta have filtered water here. (laughs) Gotta save water. All right, so back then, way, way, way back then, right? We uh, we drank wine, we drank beer, we drank spirits, and that was because water wasn't safe. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so really, though, is that the reason? Well, oh, I mean, water isn't safe. Well, we have yeah, to drink I mean, wine. <laughs> yeah, it was killing people, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the alternative right. was was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Not so much maybe the next morning. I don't know. No one ever talks about hangovers back then. All right. Yeah, wait, Brad, this is it, by the way. Yeah, yeah no, this I'm telling you. That's half a good, ounce, people. Yeah, the half ounce was a good call. Game changer. Yeah, yeah. Half sorry, ounce, I interrupted you. No, that's all right. You're very happy with your drink. Yeah. <laughs> I am happy, you're happy. And Thank I'm still you. thinking about it because it's like that sip was just, it's yeah. staying with me. All right. What were we talking about? We were talking about unsafe water. Un- okay. Yeah, water and boozing. So we drank rum and gin and all kinds of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so true for Europeans, true for people all over the world, true for the early settlers of America, all right? Now, 
when Americans started to come, Americans, when people started to come to America in the 1600s, and actually it was before that, but we still, you know, colonists started to arrive in the 1600s. We made beer and wine here as well and, and sourced that from local ingredients. But there was a new crop that was growing thanks to French Jesuits who visited this area in the 1500s and colonists who brought cuttings from England in the early 1600s. And that crop was apples. The first apple orchard was planted just outside of Boston in 1625. Mm. Now, in 1698, a Scot by the name of William Laird, happens to be the name on the this bottle, guy. right? Yeah. <laughs> he is living here, right, in the New World, in what is today known as Colts Neck Township, which is in New Jersey. Yeah. And this was the first person in the United States to make something called Apple Jack. People might also recognize this is called Jersey Lightning. Applejack gets its name from the process by which it's made. So let me first start by saying, well, is Applejack the same thing as apple brandy? And the answer to that is yes. Mm -hmm. People will be like, oh, well, I think I've heard of like, is there a blended Applejack? And the answer to that is also yes, although blended Applejack is different than apple brandy and Applejack. Blended is just a certain designation that the actually the Laird family got when they started to make Applejack back in the 1960s and 70s because we were moving away from darker spirits in the 1960s and 70s. Right. So Laird was like, well, we need to blend this with neutral grain spirit to make it lighter. For whatever reason, we didn't like single malts and really... Weird. I know, really flavorful. We liked the kind of the watered-down stuff. We're not watered-down, but yeah. the muted stuff. So they went and got this designation, blended Applejack. So you'll see blended Applejack and you'll see Applejack. That's the difference there. Mm -hmm. All right, back to the story. So yeah. the process by which Applejack is made gives it the name Jack, okay? So how it works is you're jacking the apple cider. <laughs> okay, just what? settle down here. Let's just move on. All right, so let me just walk you through the process. You take apples, you press them into cider, right? Okay. And you yeah. made homemade cider. Right, yeah, Bingo. yeah, yeah, yeah. That cider can be then turned into hard cider uh -huh. by letting the cider ferment. Now you're creating alcohol. This is the stuff when you distill, right? You uh -huh. let stuff ferment. Yeast eats the sugars, the sugars produce alcohol, and you can only make so much alcohol in that type of process. When you distill, you create higher alcohol, and I'll talk about the difference. When you jack, you are separating the alcohol from the non-alcohol base, right? The okay. water. And so how you jack is, is that you let this fermentation happen and then you need cold nights, freezing nights. So the hard cider will freeze and the alcohol won't. So you scoop out the ice and you set the ice aside, leaving behind alcohol, okay? Does that make sense? So you've got a stronger sure. alcoholic beverage now right. in this container. When you distill... Similar process, you're still separating alcohol from water, but you're using heat. And right. so the heat creates vapor, alcohol yes. then condenses and goes down a tube into a different vessel. You've got now a spirit in this other vessel, whereas you're removing the water from the cider in the jacking process, you're removing the alcohol from the water in the distillation process. Uh -huh. Does that make sense? Slightly. Heat creates vapor. The vapor turns into alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Freezing creates ice. The ice is removed 
from the alcohol, leaving the alcohol behind. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that helped. Okay. Now we're on the same page. So distillation is the way Applejack is made today because they're like, oh, well, you know, the problem with using the freezing method is, is that you actually, you can't separate methanol and methanol is the stuff that makes you go blind. Okay. It's not something to freak out about too bad. There's methanol. But I'm not going out saying, hey, everybody, go jack your cider. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like go go do it yourself. No, this isn't a DIY. But this was a DIY thing back then. Right. So when you make the spirit today, you are using heat to distill. So apple brandy isn't a new thing. I mean, they've been making apple brandy since the 8th century in Normandy, France. They've got something called Calvados. Calvados is apple brandy that is aged. And you can age apple brandy here in the United States. You can age Applejack. The stuff that you have is aged five years. But you'll also see it in a clear format. And that is just, it hasn't been aged. Mm -hmm. So we clear as mud on that? Uh, Yep. Okay. So Laird, back to our buddy Laird. So he is making Applejack now back in the late 1600s. And this stuff is popular. It is quite popular. So popular that it catches the attention of one George Washington. I was going to say, yeah, I knew he was coming in here without even saying anything. So he likes his drink. We know this from episode seven when we talked about the fish house punch. Yep. And in 1760, Laird gave his recipe to George Washington. And George Washington took that north to Mount Vernon, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, he established the first distillery in the United States was in Mount Vernon. Yep. So it, and then it stopped running. So, Laird has the distinction of having the first continuously and oldest continuously running distillery. Washington created the first. But it's not around anymore. No, it is actually, it wasn't around and then they reopened it, you know, for historical purposes. Of course. I'm sure there's checks being cashed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Applejack was so popular, Jules, that it was used as currency in the Blue Ridge Mountains back then. Mm-hmm. Damn. In fact, if you had an apple orchard and a stillhouse on your property, your land was super valuable. And this was actually our boy, Johnny Appleseed. Johnny. Johnny Appleseed, yeah. who is also known as John Chapman. He was a grower. And his whole- So he mo- was a real guy. He was a real guy, okay. John Chapman. Yeah, all right. His whole motivation behind spreading Appleseed was actually to improve the value of his land because he had a bunch of land. So he spread apples all over. As one does. Yeah. So thanks, Johnny. Yeah, and thanks. he was all about the cider and, and the value of the I'm apples. Sure. And the Applejack, <laughs> trust sure. me. Yeah. Big Apple guy. So Laird obviously isn't the only guy making Applejack. So this is America's favorite spirit, in part because apples were abundant now, but also because rum, which was America's other favorite spirit, was heavily taxed by the British. So Applejack became even more appealing. Now, speaking of the British, Applejack actually has a connection to the Liberty Bell. Do you know, you know what the Liberty Bell is? I don't know what the Liberty I know, Bell I just, is. You know, I, I don't know I what they saw Nicholas Cage steal a declaration. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I get it. You know, the Liberty Bell is in Pennsylvania, it, right? In, it's in not in DC. No, it's in Philadelphia. I know. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. I've watched National Treasure. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's where you got this. Yeah. One. Oh, Fantastic. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not San Diego State. My history knowledge is sound. Or where'd you go? St. Mary's up in Stockton or uh, Lodi? Yeah, I'm to- I, I'm sure I totally paid attention then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially in history class. Yeah. What fun. You know, it's funny. I actually am more into history now than I ever was. Yeah, I would say the same. 
Because I don't think I had any. So no. now at least I have some. I said American history was like super boring. Right. No, I've been to D.C. a couple of times in the last like I tell you, years. you yeah. want to get patriotic, go to D.C. You're like, holy smokes. Like you just feel it. History. Like, this, is, this is meaningful. Yeah. Anyway, so if you recall back from your history classes. Liberty you Bell. Like, Liberty Bell sitting in Philadelphia. Well, in 1777, Philadelphia falls to the British during the 11th right. Revolutionary War. Yep. And this was during the Battle of Brandywine, which I think is actually interesting because here we are talking about Applejack. So colonists need to hire, uh, hire, need to hide. Holy second. <laughs> Holy I second cocktail. <laughs> they are trying to hide Ooh. all the copper and brass, right? Because the Brits are taking it. And so they are especially concerned about the Liberty Bell. And they smuggle the Liberty Bell out of Philadelphia into Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And then there's this guy, Frederick Leeser, who is going through Bethlehem, has just dropped off his supply of Applejack in his wagon. And he smuggles the Liberty Bell from Bethlehem to Allentown, Pennsylvania wow. for safekeeping. He had that many apples? Applejack, you mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about him transporting apples. Oh, he's transporting like, apples. Holy shit, that's a lot of apples. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't comment on the history section. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so anyway. Uh, okay, yeah. So uh -huh. he smuggles the bell up to Allentown. They <laughs> hang out in Allentown until the Brits leave Philadelphia. They bring it down to Philadelphia. Liberty Bell's in the place it's at today. Everybody's happy. Okay, mm. that's a connection between Applejack and Liberty Bell. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. That's a good All story. Right. Yeah. Speaking of American history, Abraham Lincoln. Wow, we're really bringing it back, huh? Abraham Lincoln. Well, not now we're going forward because well, now we're talking about sure. the 1830s. You really didn't pay attention to history class at all. Abraham Lincoln has a tavern, which I didn't know Abraham Lincoln. Owned I didn't a know bar. he was a drinker. Yeah, you wouldn't think. He seemed kind of like you straight know, and narrow, right? Straight and narrow, yeah. yeah. Never told a lie. Wait. Huh? Huh? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. so. Abraham Lincoln is serving Applejack in his bar in the 1830s. And by the way, the name of that bar is the Barry and Lincoln, which was in New Salem, New Salem, <laughs> Illinois. All right. So let's just move forward. Here we go. Now we're in prohibition, right? Okay. Yeah. Prohibition. I hate this time. I know. Yeah, jerks. that's the worst. They nearly kill off Applejack. Like they literally almost eliminated it because prohibition like Applejack was so easy to make. And they're like, hey, we need to raise the apple orchards because people are making apple jacks. So we lost a ton of apple variety Jerks. during Prohibition. But our buddies at Laird, because of their political connections, they, persevered. they actually got a special dispensation from the government to continue to make apple jack for medicinal purposes. Of course they so did. Apple jack survives by a thread through Prohibition because of the connections the Lairds had to our early founders. founding founding father. Yeah. And Damn. that is the cool. history of Applejack. And, and they're still is, around today. Yeah, and Laird is still around today. The oldest continuously running distillery in America, up in New Jersey, in uh, Colts Neck. And by the way, from what I understand, like the Laird family, they didn't move very far. They all still live right around their homestead. Laird's 10th generation apple brandy. It says... Scobyville. Yeah, Scobyville. Scobyville. Scobyville, which is a new Scobyville. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Scobyville. Scobyville. Yeah. Still Scobyville. Yeah. Nonetheless, they've been around forever. And that's the history of Applejack. <laughs> <laughs>
Damn. Okay. Well, this is this literally is as American as as apple pie. It is American as it gets. Brad, I'm going to put you on the spot because I have forgotten. What was the what would you say is the most American cocktail? Would you say it's the old fashioned? I'd say it's the old fashioned. Then you crushed it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I pressed it. You well, stop it. No, but seriously, what a great what a great story. What a great cuz honestly, I'm like apple jack. Eh. I looked at it. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be sweet. It's gonna be sickly. No, like, it's and great. It's not. It's great. It yeah. drinks like a well, whiskey. You know, I've said this before. I'll say it again because I love cognac. I think brandy is such an underrated category. One hundred percent. And I gotta tell you, if you've never had Calvados, try Calvados and an aged apple brandy. Same deal. They just they're so they're so elegant. It drinks like a brandy. It drinks like a whiskey. Brandy is an underrated category. I mean, brandy is anything made with fruit. Well, and to be completely honest with you, the market's so oversaturated with everything else that I feel like the brandy category, the cognac, all that stuff, it's still it's, like it's overlooked. under the radar. It's totally yeah. overlooked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people are so focused on whiskey. Not there's anything wrong with that. Whiskey tequila. is tequila. Give brandy a look. And I'm talking like Pisco's, apple brandy. Right. Calvados. Give brandy a chance. Yeah. Give yeah, regular brandy. Hey, like, hey, brandy, you're a yeah. fine girl. What a good girl. You would be. I know. But my life, my love in the lady is the sea. <laughs> all right. Let's go. Let's move on. All let's right, get to the right, tips. Right. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Here we go. Criminy. All right. So. It's our tip section. It's our tip section. Anyway, before this gets any worse, better. Hey, it gets better. Or better. Or better. I think we should round this out with our tip section. And I'm going to show you how to make, well, I'm not going to show you. I'm going to tell you how to make apple cider. It's so easy. I really don't have a recipe. I do have one coming out soon though that I will formally write out. But don't be intimidated by homemade apple cider. It is one of those things, kind of like a chili or pot roast. I'm listening. You set it and forget it, right? Like you put everything in the pot, put it on the stove, and you let it lie, right? That's exactly what apple cider is. So when I made this, what I did is I took about eight to 10 apples. Now you might be wondering what apples. Truly is up to you. Gala apples, I think I had like an Envy apple was one of the brands. Green apples are also great. I like to have maybe a couple of different varieties of apples, but about eight to 10. And you're going to want to get one of those Dutch oven pots because that will hold everything. So get about eight to 10 apples. Get about one to two oranges. I like the citrus, so I like the oranges in there. And you're going to quarter those. So you're going to cut up the apples. You don't need to chop them. What I did is I cut it in half and then I cut it into, I don't know, would you say quarters? Literally cut the apples however you want. Does Literally doesn't matter. Cut the oranges into quarters. I used two oranges. Then from there, you're going to add in about a half cup of brown sugar. You can add a full cup, but what I would rather do is I'd rather add sweetener after than have it be too sweet. But you'll want a little bit of sweetness in there no matter what. So you have your apples, your oranges, and your sugar. From there, you're going to add in your spices. So add in cinnamon, allspice, cloves. I don't like to add in star anise, but you could. I also add in nutmeg pods. So any spices that you have that are holiday forward and you're baking, just throw one in there. I will say, you know what? I'll write this out 
because I know a lot of people either have ground or full and it kind of depends on which one you're using. So on the website, I'll make sure that we have both measurements if you're using a whole nutmeg pod or if you're using ground nutmeg because you can use both. But anyway, get your spices in there and then here's what you're going to do. You're going to fill your pot up with water. How much water? Now you're going to fill up that pot until everything is covered with water. That's what you're going to want to do. So once it's all covered with water, put it on the stove and you're going to put it on, I would say a medium to low heat, four hours, five hours. Just let that slow cook. Then after about four hours, you're going to open up the pot. I like to put a lid on it just to make sure it's all really cooking and the apples get soft. But you could have it open. The smell is better if it's open. But once you're at that four-hour mark, you're going to check it and you're going to see that the apples are soft. From there, get a potato masher. I've used the back of a wooden spoon. I've even used a whisk and you're gonna press down all those apples. You're literally like mashing the apples now. Okay. Once the apples are mashed, you're going to continue to let that simmer for about an hour or two. You could let it go for two hours. Then from there, all you have to do is just strain it out. You can do a cheesecloth and a colander, strain it out, Let it, obviously let it cool, right? At that point. But if you want to store it in the fridge, after that two hour mark, once you've mashed it, let it cool strain it out, and then I funnel it into like old glass milk jugs. And then I label it, I put it in the fridge, and you'll have that for a while. Now, if you do want to add some sweetener, you can. You can add in maybe a little honey syrup, or maybe you add it per drink. That's what I would recommend. But from there, I mean, do with that what you will, but that's homemade cider. It's really easy. Yes, it takes some time, but A, fun to start in the morning and have your whole house. Like, do this on Sunday. Your whole house is going to smell like a freaking fall holiday wonderland. And then you will have homemade cider after that. And it's so easy. And I will say what I've done is I've actually taken everything that I just strained out. I put it back on the pot. I added more water and I made that my own holiday simmer. So it just continued to smell the house up. Yeah. I'm doing it. So that's homemade cider. Really easy. Again, I will make sure that the whole recipe is written out for A, if you're using whole spices and if you're using ground, I'll make sure to have both on there so you have it. But yeah, super easy. Just time consuming. So just have patience. But other than that, Mala. All right. Well, the dogs are now starting to kind of come in and check us out. I yeah. think it's a good time. To I think stop. it's a good time to, to yeah. cheers and goodbye. Let's roll. Cheers. Hey, this hey, was fun being this together. This was fun. Yeah. I know. All I right, know. Chills. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Love you. Love you. Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at joinjules or at favorite uncle brad that's me also on the insta and hey subscribe to my cocktail club on facebook all you'll need to do is search join jules cocktail club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up this is a red rock music podcast don't forget subscribe like and review the art of drinking with join jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts